It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Woohoo! This week, starring the return of special guest star, Mr. Stephen Memel! Yeah, baby! And we're gonna talk about home concerts. And thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. Let's see who's in that chat room. Get things going. There you guys are. We've got Jesse J. Peck, Mojo Bone, Neil McTavish. Hey, Neil. Melinda Neal. Um, Ian Shortle. Uh, Bob Gunnerfeld. We will write you a song. Hey. Uh, let's see. Alex Dillon. Chuck Sadowski. Wendelin Landers, Darren Moss, Marion Laird, Melinda Neal, uh, Spiritual, Deborah Davis, Glenn Letts, Dean Turner. All right, so, hello, Pete Sumner, Pete Summer, Patrick Adams, um, Edmund Red. <laughs> I'm gonna, all right, I'm focusing, I'm gonna, not spend a month on the name, sorry, but we got a lot of ground to cover again. So, as you will remember, for those of you who were here last Monday, uh, we had Stephen Memel here, who is a performance coach to the stars. Um, he's also worked with a lot of taxi members, trying to help them become stars. Uh, years ago on stage at the Taxi Road Rally, he did a, a thing with a husband and wife, uh, a folk duo, that blew everybody in the ballroom away in a matter of, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. He, he took them from being kind of super talented shoegazers to amazing performers. And uh, that was the day I fell in love with his many talents. So we had him on the show last week and we talked about um, doing home concerts because it's a thing, you know, because of COVID, it's definitely a thing. And, uh, I felt like at the end of the show, not only did we not get to viewer questions, but it just felt like there was more to talk about. So we decided right then and there that we would in fact um, bring him back this week to talk to him more about it. So he's gonna do a little 15 minute recap at the top of the show, maybe introduce a, a new aspect or two, and then we're gonna open things up to uh, take questions from you guys. So if you've got questions, it'd be a really good idea to write them down now. I'm looking for my notebook. Yikes, what did I do with it? There it is. All right, so, got my notebook ready. Hope you guys have yours ready. Um, say a quick hello to Paul Gerard. Uh, welcome to the live show. Um, Scott Hansen, good to see you, buddy. Uh, Michael Smith, um, Deb and Keith McCall, uh, Martin Gravel, Pierre Venio, and uh, you're right. Uh, you've seen a lot of these Facebook concerts, and they all sound terrible. You know what? I saw a great uh, video the other day. I think it was on... The Gear Fest videos done by uh, what's the name of the company we all know and love in uh, Indiana that sells gear? Um, they did a virtual thing, and one of the things that somebody brought up on one of their panels was uh, doesn't matter how good the video is, if the audio sucks, 
your presentation is going to suck. Sweetwater, thank you. So uh, I, I take that to heart, and here we go. So let me call Mr. Memel. All right, uh, phone, there we go. Hello. Hello, Stephen. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you very well. How about you hearing me? I think I can hear you very well. Folks in the chat room, can you let me know if you can hear Stephen very well? Hello. Hello, people in the chat room. Greetings. Happy to be here. How, how, how is it? Uh, I'm waiting because there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, five out of five. <laughs> All right. We are good. Okay. Um, all right so well hey michael long time yeah i know <laughs> i i just did a little intro and i told everybody how incredibly talented and good you are at doing what you do and that you are the uh performance coach to the stars and that you've worked with a lot of taxi members and the gave them a very brief refresher on last week we talked about home concerts and that you were going to start out this week's show with uh, a little recap of what we talked about last week, and then uh, we're gonna, and then you said you had something else that you wanted to bring up, and then after that, we're gonna move on to um, uh, taking their questions. So here we go. Good. So hit us with a recap. Okay, here's the recap. But I, I, I think the way I want to talk about the uh, beginning was that we've got a really new situation here. Um, that's been said so many times, you don't even need to say that anymore. But I really like to think of it as an opportunity because I really think that's what it is for people who are innovative and people who are creative, which is what we all are. That's our thing we do. Um, a lot of other people have to kind of struggle to break out of the box. We live out of the box. So now's not the time to be careful now is the time to be carefree and <clears throat> make mistakes make big mistakes try things out see what works what doesn't work um it, it, it it's better to show up uh and, and really you know lay a big goose egg <laughs> and then and then fix it than uh, tippy-toe around, which is just the slowest way in the world to get anywhere. Would you agree with that, Michael? I do completely agree with that. Uh, I've made so many mistakes in the process of bringing Taxi TV to this audience that, uh, yeah, you learn from your mistakes and you move forward because very rarely is a mistake a fatal mistake. Absolutely, absolutely. And did I talk about being the Babe Ruth of ideas. Did I mention that last week? I don't think so. Okay, so here's here's something I do because I believe in this make big mistakes uh, thing a lot and it stood me in very good stead. Uh, uh, when I go into, whether it's a, a, an executive producing session or going in with an artist or wherever I am, film editing or even a story conference, um, I, I make announcement up front, if they don't know me, that I consider myself the Babe Ruth of ideas. And uh, if you know about Babe Ruth, he was the home run king, but something else, one of the other distinctions he had was that he was the strikeout king. And it was because he 
kept going for it. And I just watched a documentary about him. I highly suggest you watch it. It's extraordinary. Um, but uh, he goes for it. And the reason I do that is because I want to give myself that permission, that room to come up with every idea that pops up in my head to give voice to it, uh, not edit myself because it seems off the wall. And, uh, and so I'll come up with a lot of stinkers, but I will hit home runs more so than people who are cautious and careful. But the other thing that is so powerful, and this is part of my opening speech to people when I go into creative sessions, is that my stinko idea that everybody tries and then goes, wow, that really didn't work, it becomes the springboard for the catalyst for somebody else's idea that is absolutely brilliant and that they wouldn't have had if I hadn't laid my egg. And they should send you a royalty check for borrowing that idea. That's right. So anyway, really go for it. That's the big thing, the opportunity. Then we went over things like, um, uh, you know, how you're uh, going to, you know, a lot of gear things. Uh, we talked about, which I, I gave Michael some links, which we may or may not send to you at during yeah. this show. But Bria is um, actually producing the show today, and she's going to slip them in. So, Bria, you can start slipping in those links while uh, Stephen's talking. Oh, fantastic. So uh, this is a small uh, uh, smattering of the kinds of things I can uh, turn you on to as far as the actual gear. Uh, there's so much, but these are some of the really hot things and i can go through them a little bit later if anybody has any questions um we uh talked about your ability to communicate and really connect with people uh that it really isn't that different from what it was uh what it is in live event of course live when you're in a room with people is going to be different but there's some great connection that does and can happen if you uh know how to do that in the virtual arena. Um, and as a matter of fact, I used the example of MTV. Everybody would have given their, you know, uh, first child uh, to uh, do MTV Unplugged when it was the big thing. And uh, major albums came out of that and, and it was extraordinary. So it's not just uh, the, uh, what they call it, poor stepchild or ugly stepchild, being virtual. Right. Um, that uh, you want to be conscious about what your uh, what your strategy is, why you're doing the particular show, um, and we can get back into that a little bit more. But what are the various purposes that you can decide you're doing your particular event for? Is it fundraising? Is it audience just building? Is it actually to sell out of it? So there's many different strategies and that's going to determine a lot about how you build the show itself. Uh, there's enormous different ways we cover, you know, all the way from the group that does uh, concerts through Minecraft to um, to small uh, individual people in their own home, to uh, multi-screen 
things that people are doing. Um, and I didn't even cover this, but there are people doing from various places in the world, uh, choirs of hundreds of people on uh, streams. And they're not always live, but they are together. Um, we uh, looked at some examples of uh, uh, Luke Combs and his first live streams and, and how they were um, attended. Um, uh, his manner, which was not extraordinary, but that led us on to cover a little bit about banter, which I'm happy to do a lot of specific questions about today. Um, we talked about how long your set should be um, and uh, really all the structural uh, uh, things. We didn't cover makeup, I don't think, Michael. So, no, but uh, I've got some right here if you need me to hold it up. <laughs> oh, okay, good. And, and I can we, apply it while you're talking. Lovely. That'd be great. I'd love that. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about camera angles, but I have a lot more I can say about that. Um, I got some interesting questions uh, over the week, which uh, I'll, I'll share with you uh, as we go on in appropriate time. But really, that's pretty much it. We, we kind of went through the nuts and bolts of how best to do things. But of course, there's enormous detail in each of these areas. Song structure, purpose, uh, a set structure, excuse me, purpose, uh, the visual and uh, the audio and just the uh, really, uh, I guess, uh, pillars <clears throat> the pillars of of what needs to happen you always need to be asking uh what is my audience seeing what are they hearing and the three areas that you really want to focus making sure that they're in line is the audio audio being the most important uh video and the lighting and we covered lighting a little bit but obviously there's much more that we can do so i think that's about it on that is that a pretty decent recap yeah it's a great recap uh and i want to talk a little bit about what you and i talked about earlier today because it ties in also to audio in a moment um people kept telling me oh you should check out what sweetwater did with their gear fest it's like a mini nam show that sweetwater does every year and this year they had to do it, excuse me, obviously, uh, virtually. And right. so I, I spent probably four hours in total over the course of this past weekend watching bits and pieces and in some cases full segments of what they presented at Sweetwater. And one of the segments was a drummer doing a clinic and he made the point very strongly. He said, you know, you can work on your lighting, you can work on your camera, can work on all that stuff but if your audio sucks your presentation is going to suck so he made the point yep. that audio is the single most important thing and i'm glad that you just brought that up as well um also yeah, you'll find that you'll find that universal um anybody who knows anything about live streaming or making videos for even if it's not live that is the key people will make a lot more room for the video to be a little bit wonkier uh, as long as your audio is high quality. So that being said, and still staying on the Sweetwater thing for a moment, you earlier, uh, just moments ago, mentioned the audience. What do they want from it? 
So as you well know, one of the keys to great marketing is knowing who your audience is, not who you want them to be, not who you think they are, but really knowing who they are. And uh, for years at Taxi, the staff, which is generally younger than I am, pretty much anybody's younger than I am, the staff has frequently, especially when we get new staff members, it's like, <laughs> why doesn't Taxi have more, more young members? You know, uh, you really need to make Taxi appeal more to like young hip hop guys, um, young band guys. And so we've tried various efforts to bring in a younger audience, both on Taxi TV, Taxi in general, and it never really works out for us. And truth be told is our demographic is middle-aged, um, a broad span, a wide range of middle-aged people from, I would say, 28 to 30 years old up into, and including the 70s. And I've always wondered why is that? And I've come to learn over time that it's because they're more well-established, they're probably financially uh, better off and can afford a membership, can afford the gear they need to make the music. They're a little more the time. real. Yeah, the time, the expertise that they've accumulated over a certain number of years. They've probably not lived their dream of being successful in one form or another with music in the past, and now they've got the time and the money and the willpower to come back to it. So that's why our demographic is what I would say middle-aged. So funny enough, as I'm watching the Sweetwater thing, I realized that almost all the panelists they had uh, and a lot of the subject matter they covered, while it could apply to a younger demographic, it was clearly them performing or putting on a weekend that was geared to their demographic, which is identical to taxis. That person I just described is exactly who their demographic is. And you know what? Those people are not tire kickers when it comes to buying gear. They're people who will do the research, then have the money and buy the gear so they know who their audience is. And so that all makes your point. Great audio, know your audience. Absolutely, absolutely. As a friend of mine says, you need a message to market match. Yep. Um, so so uh, as long as the important elements are being addressed, uh, you know, if, if somebody's 60 years old and knows every single thing that's happening in hip hop before and now, uh, people are going to forget very quickly anything having to do with age because they just want to know. Yeah. And it's just about, can I get the information? And, you know, there are very young people who have extraordinary overviews and, and can bring great perspectives to uh, things that are very, very current However, that's more rare, and usually somebody who's been around longer is just going to have kind of a broader, wider perspective. And and that's not always the case. I don't want to make that because I was very young when I was in school. I was several grades ahead, and one of the things I always objected to was people assuming I didn't know what I knew because of my age. but. We do know that that's, that's more rare, somebody who's ahead of their time. 
But I think something else that's really interesting about what you're saying, Michael, about the demographic and why these people end up, the older people end up also being the, the mentors, is because there's really not a heck of a lot of things that are new. They are, um, there, there are trends, but for instance, uh, relationship marketing and you know all the social media marketing and transparency and and engagement and all these things that have become the buzzwords over the last 20 years uh i think about 40 years ago 30 years ago um i was a young pup and i had done an off-broadway play with a guy who was a very successful producer and now, mind you this is this is before computers were even in everybody's home right. and uh, and i said to uh seymour you know like uh, so what 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 what's give give you the ability to be so successful in your business and he said one word relationships hmm. and that just hasn't changed and yeah. the even the funny thing is because of the massive glut and uh oversaturation of every possible way of reaching human beings through social media or or uh, you know video or whatever that's so filled right now it's so full so how do you distinguish yourself well the way the way the big mavens are saying distinguish yourself is by going low tech pressing the flesh getting one-on-one -on -one, hauling people you know doing the uh, human connection more because that, remember, people tend to think, well, if I just talk to one person, uh, how do I build a big audience? Well, I was taught a long time ago by a marketing mentor of mine that one person is not one person. One person is 200 people at least. Interesting. And that's because they they talk and the talk that they t people they talk to talk to other people and there really is a ripple effect and one thing that's surprised me in my career is i mean though it shouldn't but it does still is somebody comes and says oh we heard so many good things about you i said well from from whom well we were at the record company and we were and they're naming things that i'm going you know i don't want to look shocked <laughs> right you're supposed to look like oh yeah that happens all the time yeah of course of course they did of course they are but but really it you know it's really the kind of thing and this is one of the most important things i wish i'd had as this perspective when i first started out is it's a long game and and i made a connection that I'm going to give you and then uh, move on because I want want to make sure we have that time for the uh, um, the Q&A. Yeah. But one thing that I've taught is, or that I still teach as one of the key components of building a career, a really powerful career in this business, is a long game. And in that long game, uh, you know, I used to if I did a bad audition, I didn't get as many auditions as certain other people for things, because I was an actor too. I don't know if everybody knows that. Well, I still am an actor, but I went out and did a lot of stuff. And um, 
and uh, has some stuff out there. Um, but uh, is that I would go in and if I didn't do a good audition, then I would crisis and oh, that casting director is never going to call me in again, and I've ruined that relationship. Blah blah blah. You know, it, it, I just would crisis, which would certainly. Uh, deplete my energy and my sanity to be able to be more constructive with all right next what's now um and what i didn't realize is that no is the beginning of a relationship they have to know about you to say no to you that's true isn't that true yeah i I wish i'd known that when i was 15 years old trying to ask girls out on dates (laughs) amen amen you know but it really, it really is, and God, there's, I won't get into it in depth, I'll just do a brief, you know, I've done, uh, I worked on all the Alvin and Chipmunks movies with uh, Dustin Long and uh, and uh, Jesse McCartney, as I know, is a success, taxi success story, you know. Right. Um, but uh, the Bagdasarians, uh, Ross Bagdasarian, is the son of Ralph Bagdasarian, who created Alfred. Mm-hmm. And Ross is 60 or something like that. Unbelievable shape, beautiful condition. Ross and Janice, they're ex-hippies. But when you hear the story of how Ross just wouldn't take no for an answer from Janice, but he did it politely. He just huh. didn't go away. He, he wouldn't go away, you know? And now they're happily married for 30 years or more and they adore each other and he was just politely relentless right as opposed to being harvey weinstein which is a different kind of response to no we're talking about the ross bagdasarian which is can i please take you out to dinner (laughs) versus the other yeah or 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 remembering a birthday and dropping by a gift you know not intrusive in any way but present so it's really about getting whatever no you're going to get but not disappearing and that's what most of us do we you know hide our tail between our legs and we feel ashamed or whatever and not me now the tie-in to this current time is um i i really have my eyes my sights set on doing a tremendous amount more content this year and uh uh, you know, just creating a lot more, and you, you know, especially when you've reached a, a certain level where people, you imagine people expect more of you. If I come out with stuff that like is me working out exactly what I want things to look like, um, I had to apply the same thinking to it. I went well if them going well that really sucks that's not very good it, it, you know that's like and they don't may not say it's me they may say it's themselves or well I, I would expect more from Steve to me that's just a no and I just don't go away because <laughs> because you will you can't get worse at what you keep doing you Ooh, know? that's a great quote you can't get worse at what you keep doing you know, I, I, as you were saying this, I, I was imagining myself trapped in an elevator with you and Bobby Borg 
two people who don't take no for an answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> that That's would really be a fun true. evening. <laughs> and it's both of you are successful at what you do. There you go. And and you named the perfect guy because Bobby is a gentleman like nobody's business. Yep. And is very stalwart and steadfast in knowing what it is he desires. Yeah. So I I have great admiration for Bobby, really. And he'll ask the follow-up question, you know, like, well, if that do, if that scenario doesn't work out, um, let's find a way that is a win-win for both of us. He doesn't let it go. Excuse me. He's not obnoxious about it, but he realizes right. that a no is not a slam door. It's a slowly closing door that you can put your foot in politely. Absolutely. And absolutely. And you know what? If they hit you with a no at every even variation you could throw at them like that, which, of course, is brilliant to bring up because you know have some backups that thing is a great thing is that's just more notes and you know huh, okay they didn't like that and then you go away and you come back and say hey you know i was thinking about our conversation and i understood you felt this and this because of that and that i think what if you know and so on and so forth it's it's endless as long as you're not a dick um you know, people are willing to hear from you a little bit every now and then, and yeah. and and you 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 will more likely break through than not. You know, you know, going back to uh, speaking to one person in relationships, that's what Taxi's Quarantini Happy Hour has become for me. Um, we started doing it when everybody went into lockdown because of COVID. And, you know, generally we get about 60 people in the chat room for the live show on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. How and many did you say? About 60. That's uh, wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we, we get considerably more in the live show uh, for the Monday show. Um, but the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday shows are unstructured. We could talk about anything from the gophers in my backyard to fishing. And of course, there's a lot of musical and career stuff thrown in there. And I I feel such a relationship, such a closeness to those 60 people that show up every day. Oh, yeah. That even though I know that my responsibility right now is prepping for the virtual road rally and it's feeling a little overwhelming, um, and I should probably start doing less of those shows because I need the time back. I'm having a really hard time cutting back on the number of those I do every week because these are my people. It's my virtual family, and I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want them to disband. I feel like uh, the quarantine happy hour is a thing that holds them all together. And so, I bet that doing them, Michael, rejuvenates you at such a level that your work on the road rally is is going to is enhanced i mean you may cut back a little bit but yeah i mean yeah i'm believe me i i the road rally is such an incredible amount of work that every year when i do it i am quietly mumbling to myself at 11 o'clock at night in the office ah. um i'm never friggin' doing this again every night i think i've heard that i think I've heard that <laughs> <laughs> and this year I thought it was going to be easy because, you know, yeah. it's virtual. I can just do one of these every hour, eight hours a day for three days and go, well, there you go. Uh, I know I'll deliver great content. I have no doubt about that. 
the technical aspect of putting this on is going to be more complex than doing uh, taxi TV. Not in the sense that we need like studio cameras um, or you know fancy graphics or anything. I mean, yeah, we may add some of that stuff just to give it a different look than uh, what I do during the you know the normal shows, but having the reliability factor on a technical level when I'm doing eight hours a day for three days in a row I can't have a screen go dark I can't have a camera crap out I can't right. have the audio crap out so I really need to do that stuff um, and get it right and, and the I feel that way because I feel a responsibility to these people I've built a relationship with yeah, it's not sure. for my ego it's for not wanting to let them down so there Absolutely. you go Absolutely. No. And, and I, I think uh, this, this uh, very intimate thing, uh, I don't know how many people tuned into the Democratic National uh, Convention, and it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few days. Um, but uh, I, I think there were some very, very good examples, first of all, of live streaming and the things that can happen, because what an extraordinary uh, effort it was. And by and large quite well done but there were mishaps there were places I'll, I'll, I'll give you two comparisons so I'll give you two comparisons I'll compare two things for you so Julia Louise Dreyfus who kept, kept getting called by the announcer Ju Julia Louis Louis <laughs> something like that um, uh, was making some introductions and she would turn to, to the person that she just introduced, she would turn her back to the camera to be looking at the screen, if right. it was even there. And, but she looked awkward doing it. Her timing wasn't right, or she hadn't been coached right, or whatever, but something like that really can be taken care of. And if it happens once, then somebody should be jumping up there right away because there was plenty of time in between and given a cue or whatever. Mm -hmm. In contrast to that, um, if you want to see, to me, and uh, evidently to the pundits uh, as well, is, uh, and this is not about politics, this is about performance, that um, Joe Biden's speech, where he accepted the nomination Flawless. Flawless. I mean, there's nothing I can say about it except, you know, and when I say flawless, you know, somebody can say, oh, he blinked there. All right. Putting that aside, it was unbelievable. If you haven't watched it, I highly, highly suggest you watch it for the purposes of your live stream because he looks directly into camera and delivers everything directly into camera. His eyes don't waver, but they're not frozen. You don't feel like you're pinned. You feel like you're engaged. I'm such a jerk that I spent most of the time watching his eyes to watch him read the teleprompter. But I've got to say, he did. It was the best speech that I've ever seen him give. And that's what that's what the consensus is from right. Even you, you people know, who didn't like him, pundits who don't like him, admitted that it was the high point of his career. Maybe certainly yep. his best speech. 
So let, let's fire up the audience. You guys let's have some questions while you guys are, I, I know there's a little lag going on with the chat. So I want to answer one that Rick Allen um, asked a few moments ago. Will the rally be interactive? Yes, it will. We will have the chat open on many, if not all of the sessions during the live thing. Uh, we will also post them in archives. Only taxi members and your guest can see the live show and the archives. We may pull snippets out later and make those public on our YouTube channel, but this is going to be just for you guys. Um, so, oh, also I want to tell you that I, I think I mentioned the other day, but I've been very much in touch with some companies and I feel confident that I will be hiring a, uh, a tech company that will handle all the video technology um, for the rally. And they feel confident that they will be able to give me uh, the ability to do panels with multiple people. Um, so right now I'm saying it's about 80% sure that we'll be able to do some listening panels with multiple talking heads. So there you go. So the first question uh, is from Mojo Bone and he says, can we talk about gear for live streaming? So Bria, this would be a good time to put those links in the chat because Steven sent them to us right before the show. I want to mention one of the things that you mentioned um, in your list of gear was the uh, Logitech Brio camera and the C920. And I used the C920 for several years for Taxi TV and then moved to the Brio. And I've got to say, really, the C920 is much less money and is almost as good as the Brio. The Brio um, is really good, but it really earns its stripes when you're doing um, 4K broadcasting, which I'm not. Exactly. So exactly. I want to let you know that these tech companies that I've been talking to about the road rally, I sent them some recent examples of Taxi TV so that they could get a grip on what we're going to do. And uh, both of those guys, or two out of the three, have come back to me and said, wow, your video looks really good for a home live stream. And I said, there you go. You know, good lighting, good camera, not that much money. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you've got a lot of experience. You, like I said, you're ahead of the game. So uh, what, what's the gentleman's name? Who, uh... um, Mojo Bone. And he okay, says, Mojo. Can, we, what, yeah. what is his, what is, can you say what your uh, prime, uh, your most important piece of gear is? Because I can talk about all of them briefly. Uh, but is there one thing in particular that holds the most uh, curiosity for you? Uh, he's mentioning in a follow-up, I asked because both of my churches are struggling with providing sound that's as good as we can make it in the church sanctuary. So uh, to me, that sounds like uh, it's got to be a gear or the person running the gear, you know, yeah. gar garbage in, garbage out. I, I, absolutely. It, it, it shouldn't be difficult. I mean, just what you're on there, the Rodecaster Pro. Um, right, for my audio. People are, people are using that um, in, uh, the, uh, in, in churches as well. And if you go onto YouTube, Mojo, there's a lot of videos you can look for uh, what's the best church setup. Um, and I highly recommend everybody to uh, ask very, you know, straight ahead questions in the search in uh, in YouTube because there's so much information. Just spend your time uh, with the best people, um, which are easy to find. But 
Uh, yeah, the Rodecaster Pro is uh, a big piece of equipment that's used. Um, some people are using uh, the Switcher Pro application. Uh, oh, oh, Switcher, what is it, Studio? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've got Stream Deck, which I haven't used yet, but I know that's a very popular, very reliable, and easy to set up and use video switcher. So you can bounce between cameras, you can bounce between live stuff and tape stuff. Right. So you have you have a couple of different things. One thing is you have uh, you have several different things. One thing you have is what is capturing the sound, and what the environment is. So depending on how big um, a venue it is, or big a church it is, you're going to be dealing with different amounts of reflections. One of the ways that you can be, I guess, most certain that you're capturing good audio is by lavalier mics, and they run from $30 to several hundred dollars, like the uh, Sennheiser lavalier mics and some of the high-end ones um, but those are those are going to ensure that you get ac actually an initial good sound um, and you can hear some comparisons between um, a, uh, a, um, a a telus uh, was it a directional on the camera mic that is a video mic a shotgun mic um, the camera mic and then a, uh, a lavalier mic, and you, you can really hear the difference in presence between them. And the lav tends to do better. One of the other uh, really excellent uh, options that people are using is one of the other ones on my list. It's the Rode Wireless Go. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a very high selection on people's list because it's a wireless microphone system and uh, you can get that right into whatever you're mixing your sound with. So it, it, it's really what you're picking up the sound with, how you're transmitting that, whether by cable, by line, or by wireless, and wireless does very, very well um, if you have it set up right. And then it's really how you uh, mix it together how you stream it and and i think for things like well switcher studio for instance is a browser-based in essence version of what you're talking about michael which is a stream deck which i love too the elgato stream deck and they come in the mini which is just a few uh buttons you have on there um and it's like uh 99 right. and it's a button so you can have buttons assigned to different angles of cameras. So you can have multi-camera setup and um, just hit you know, whatever button you want to get to or whatever sound setting you want to get to. But the really cool thing about it is that they all have folders. So there's a hierarchy. So you can hit one of those buttons, which opens up a whole nother set of buttons and each one of the top layer buttons can lead to all those bottom layer ones. And then you go all the way up to the uh, uh, Stream Deck XL, which has, I think, about 20 some odd uh, uh, selections that you can do on it. 
Now, on something like Switcher Studio, you have uh, really just about infinite variety also, browser-based, uh, which you can actually control from their app uh, that enables you to uh, do any kind of angle. It enables you to, Michael, that's what I was going to say before you mentioned they, uh, the company assured you that they could bring in other people, was that with uh, Switcher Studio, you can do that. It allows you to uh, bring in uh, guests to interview and right. in and out. And it's it's uh, uh, beyond flexible like that. Um, One suggestion that I've got uh, from the experience of doing taxi TV and thinking about how I was going to execute the road rally is you do want to have, even though, uh, I mean, the software switchers are great, um, actually just using uh, Wirecast or OBS. I mean, you've got sure. different different layers of video built right in. You actually don't need an external switcher or switcher software. No, you, you can The stuff is built right in and an audio mixer built right in. But to be the person who's being the charming host and being the person who's the technical director changing the shots and watching all that stuff you're going to be doing, this uh, and you can't see me right now but i'm looking right. around at, at all my stuff that i would need to do so you really want to have a second person that knows your program really well and is a bit of a mind reader and can see when you're going to change your angle if you're playing an acoustic guitar um, and you're going to move a little bit that they know this is the time when i should grab shot two versus shot one that way you don't have to deal with it because otherwise it's going to look clunky Absolutely, and, and now it did come up, and, and I hope this is still a little bit applicable to you, Mojo, is that um, uh, I spoke to somebody uh, uh, over the week who was on Last Taxi TV and wanted to connect about the uh, uh, program I was gonna do on helping people find and develop their stream. Um, she, she said that one of the difficulties is she's a piano player. And so unless she has somebody to do the switching, she really can't do it. And, <laughs> right. and, unless but, you program keys on your keyboard, to, you know, black keys or camera angles. <laughs> well, you actually can't, but, but we all know also we have Bluetooth. And I've, I've been investigating it and I'm gonna finish this up, but I believe that you can assign Bluetooth to do the switching, and then you can have something like an air turn pedal, Bluetooth pedal. Oh, there and, you go. Right, so you can play the piano and switch your angles at the same time. It might take a little rehearsing, but that's a good thing. Uh, I think that's a great idea. What a, you know, as I was considering all this road rally stuff, I said to my wife, it'd be great if somebody had a pedal board like a guitarist would use that controlled all the video. I didn't even bother looking for it, but apparently it exists. So what a great idea. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, uh, Bria will know about that very well uh, because how many orchestras now are using digital uh, music and uh, nobody's turning pages there. Somebody's hitting uh, uh, a foot pedal to go right. to the next page. And air turn is probably the most well-known and been around longest in the got and they're not expensive you know you can get something decent for 
for a very decent amount of money. Now, um, also, uh, I put in some, uh, I think, three live streams examples in, in those um, links I sent, and one of them is Madonna, not Madonna, say Lady Gaga, doing a home concert. And, and as she's doing the song, you see some really cool camera moves going around. And if you, you know, like it sort of kind of goes up a little bit and then it kind of hovers over her keyboard, comes around the sign of her. And probably everybody who's watching that is thinking, oh, she must have somebody there doing that. You do not need somebody there doing that. There are cable units that you can set up <laughs> so that, and again, we're not talking about thousands of dollars. We're you know, that you can have the camera attached to a mount that is on these cables and it wow. follows the pattern of the cables. Not so it, to mention, it's like what they have over the football field during a football game, precisely. the fly cams? Exactly. That's exactly Brilliant. what it is. Man, I love and not, technology. And not only that, but you have uh, very short uh, little sliders. They're called sliders that, again, are very inexpensive. And people tend to use those even when they're doing static uh, streams because though you're not having a big experience of while wow, this is changing angles and everything, there's a sense of movement, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's almost below conscious perception. But there's there, there's something that's shifting and changing and and so that's that's very important so uh, uh can you ask mojo whether that answer was at all helpful for him i think you just did we'll find out as soon as he pops his answer into the chat room and right Good. after that i've got another question from robert orzachowski that i want to go to okay mojo i'm just damn lucky i did the true thing nope that wasn't about the question he wasn't answering your question um, come on, Mojo. Pay attention. Give us an answer. <laughs> he's gone. He went. Oh, that guy doesn't. No, nah, nah, he, he's in there. Okay, good. good. Uh, I'm just. Man, the lag time is usually it's like nine seconds. It's longer today, unfortunately. Well, something while you're waiting for that, something I think everybody should consider too when you're selecting what kind of a camera you want is the uh, the depth of field and the width of field uh, width of field is very important i've come very to important much more than depth yep um and if if you're wondering what that refers to i mean maybe most of you know but it refers to how tight in on you on the sides uh does the camera see you want the camera to see more around you so that the whole feel of where you are has a more open feel by the uh, way mojo said yes you answered his question thank you and i'm going to demonstrate for the audience the reason that i picked the the brio and i believe the c90 from logitech has it as well it's got yes. a 120 degree wide field which is that if you get a camera, there are other cameras that the picture will look as good, but they're 90 degrees. So right. 
they're right. like that. Uh, so the reason I had to pick the 120 is very frequently at the office when I'm doing taxi TV and I have a guest, the guest will sit next to me. So I needed a wide enough capture window that I could get both of us in. And we still frankly have to sit um, shoulder to shoulder to do that. But you right. can also pull the camera back to get a wider shot. Exactly. And, and also let me uh, caution people that don't go by simply what the camera says it is, because you can get uh, uh, several cameras, all of which say 120 degrees, and you will see uh, sometimes some very substantial difference. So it needs to be either tested out or researched uh, how much you really get of that uh, 120 degrees well thank god for uh for amazon because you can always return it <laughs> yay absolutely okay now you said there was another question yeah there's another question robert orzachowski asked what do you think of adding background tracks um to your live thing i think he's talking about um robert you may want to clarify but i, I assume you're talking I so. about uh, huh? like uh, uh, about tracks that fill in like you know like people are doing at concerts these days quite frankly you know? ah okay yeah that makes more sense i was thinking is talking about having you know pre-recorded music in between like you know music under your banter or something but i think that yeah. makes sense so uh is that what you're talking about robert using backing tracks with your live performance so let's say you're an acoustic singer songwriter but you want to have a band behind you but can't get the band to your house because of covid so you're talking about taking a rhythm track and bringing that up on its own fader or stereo pair of faders. Um, is that it? Waiting for an answer. And Michael, you know, you know, I worked with Halsey, right? Uh, right. Okay. Uh, she had the full-on band and a great musical director and the whole thing. There still aren't enough people that they want to take on tour to do everything. So there might be uh, there might be background vocals filling it out that they'd want or some other instruments that they're or, or strings yeah rather than bringing you know a 12 person string section on the road with you why Amen. not bring a, a pre-record and fly it in off a keyboard exactly um, so yeah robert clarified yes he's talking about exactly what you're talking about you know having the rest of the band be virtual if you will well you, you know i i think bottom line is I think that's a great idea. And one thing, Michael, that you and I were talking about um, uh, earlier today was the idea of a signature sound or signature style. Um, I, I tried to include it a little bit in those three different, even though they're very uh, raw uh, uh, examples of the celebrity live streams. They mm -hmm. each are different, you know, Post Malone is showing up and his, his band each is in a different place and it's really like pretty uh, you know catch as catch can the idea <laughs> is almost to look like it's not it's like unthought of right it's on purpose casual right um uh john legend uh talks at the beginning of himself well i want you to know i'm in my bathrobe I don't have pants on, but I am wearing underwear. <laughs> and, and, and some of this, now this gets back to the engagement because he had done something and 
Christy is somebody who came on for a second thing, and she had been in it too, and they had asked the audience to let us know what you want us to do or wear or whatever, and they wanted her in, in, a, in a towel. So she had a wrapped uh, bath towel around herself and her hair up in a towel, <laughs> and that's how they were doing it. So how, how much more engaged can you get? And that's exactly what you need to be doing. But you can have a style. So um, is your style, does your style have, um, as you were saying, the, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the name again, of the gentleman who asked the question. Um, Robert Orzachowski. Robert. Robert, you're part of your uh, signature style is to have a more full uh, orchestration, but filled out by by all the other tracks. Um, I worked with a great artist who's actually starting to do really well. Who he's a one man show, um, and he's got his whole gear thing around him. This was before COVID, and one of the things he does is he repurposes uh, game equipment to be triggers and controllers for wow. his synthesizer sounds. Very cool. Yeah, so he might have a steering wheel, you know, that's doing something, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and he he had a bit of discomfort. One of the things we were working on is his discomfort in communicating with the audience. He was very popular when he's playing, but his managers were concerned that he would lose the audience in between. And so, you know, I do a kind of a lengthy interview to find out what's going on. And what we came down to is that it works when he's playing because at that moment, it's like he's, he's showing people, he's allowing people to experience what he is playing with. And so we came up with this idea of, well, it's kind of like you're inviting them into your living room right come on in right on in. and so we came up with the idea of laying down a carpet you know a nice area rug that's got some rich colors into it and then having an easy chair you know so that um it really was the communication the banter was an extension of what he'd be doing if he was sitting there you know talking to some friends we brought over to show his cool stuff I love it. Now I'm sorry that when I started doing taxi TV in the quarantinis from my home, quote, studio, that I didn't think of that. I mean, you know, yeah, you can see my house. And, and frankly, my family was a little bit freaked out. It's like, we don't want the world to see our house. Right. Um, so they finally agreed to let me use this shop because it really doesn't give anything away. Not that there's anything, you know, we don't have any dead bodies strewn around the house right. uh, or a gun rack in the living room or anything. There's nothing that we're trying to hide. But my original shot showed the kitchen in the background. They're like, no, nobody needs to see our appliances. So right. this exactly. was the shot. And it makes people feel like they're hanging out at home with me. But I was able to keep my Neil McTavish says marijuana plants. Nope, don't have any of those. My Neil, wife would bad boy. My wife wouldn't allow it. Trust me, the discussion has taken place. Um, All right, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, I, I mean, uh, last night I watched uh, an interview on YouTube of uh, uh, Hillary Clinton with uh, what's his name, uh, Stephen 
Colbert. And uh, it was a split screen with Hillary Clinton in her living room where she does all her live streams. Um, and just literally sitting in an easy chair was the most casual thing in the world. It wasn't a big, huge wide shot. So it did have, it didn't expose a tremendous amount. But, uh, but that's, I think, what yeah. people, that's when I you. say the opportunity, you know, right now. That's that's what I'm talking about. Is that what what would feel cool to you? You know, I mean, you're pretty good at that anyway, Michael. If something strikes you, you say, "Well, why not? Let me go for it." So uh, going back to Hillary, and this is not a political statement because we don't allow politics on the show. But right. uh, you know, she just got busted the other day. Remember when the Clintons left the White House, there was a kerfuffle about them taking some of the furniture or lamps or statues oh, or something vaguely. with them? Yeah, yeah, so apparently one of the things that used to be in the White House, somebody recognized it in that shot on Colbert's show, and it actually made it to Twitter or somewhere. It became oh, a, a, a thing for a minute. I thought that was funny as hell. Oh, that is, that is funny. That All is right, funny. let's move on to the next question. And I didn't write down the person's name who asked it, but they said, what about Zoom cameras, are they okay? I'm, I'm familiar yeah. with Zoom audio, but I don't know the Zoom cameras. Okay, so the first thing I'm, I'm gonna say is I wanna do one last thing on the previous one, which is with those tracks, what I would say is don't try to hide them. Let them be a statement, um, you know, tastefully, but explore and experiment. What if I even heighten and take to a greater extreme the participation of what fills out, you know, uh, the, the, your own immediate music. So, so are you saying something like not just having those pre-record tracks back you up, but doing something funny to call attention to it, maybe like saying, okay, guys, give me a count off? Well, you could do that. I, I was just even thinking of, of it being there being no attempt or embarrassment about their being used. It's part of the thing. Right. And that, for instance, uh, you might take, you might put something in there that's so clearly nobody's on the screen playing, you know, like uh, maybe a synth going, who knows, you know, or right. some, some uh, sonic uh, signature sound that, uh, that makes, more of a statement than um, than just being fill-in, as those things tend to be. Um, uh, and really what it is, is there's no right or wrong in it. There's an exploration and seeing what is fun. But I do think one of the most important things is do not hide, because especially in this kind of an environment, if you make a mistake, if something happens, we this we are so much more in the fishbowl. You must uh, see the humor in it yourself. Call attention to it, you know. Uh, and that's not the kind of call attention to if you miss a chord. Go, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm, you know, that's uh, we know that's a different thing. But uh, but let stuff let stuff happen. Let it be a human experience. You're 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 having the opportunity to be much, much more close to and intimate with, uh, and back to the Joe Biden thing, 
again, nothing political, but I really felt like the dude was talking to me. I didn't think he was talking to my fellow Americans. Right. You know? um, uh, so that's I a wanna, great opportunity. I want to jump in and comment. Somebody just asked a question, and we'll go back to the stuff that I've written down so far. But uh, so far, but somebody asked the question: Is there a way to bring in like live music tracks, uh, you know, a bunch of different audio sources and the audio from the video into yes. one thing and you USB it back into the broadcast, which is what yes. we were talking about earlier. The roadcaster, I think, is an excellent um, solution. Infinite to that. ways. Yeah. You know, I I sent you, Michael, that one thing about how he integrates uh, uh, certain things. And uh, in one of his videos, this guy I, I happen to watch, um, you know, there's four channels, uh, just dedicated channels in the Roadcaster. Plus, there's a Bluetooth uh, connection for a phone and uh, a TRS connection for a phone. So that's six. And then there's also a USB connection to your computer, which goes both directions. So God knows what you can make happen on your computer. And that can all, you know, be mixed down to one damn stream. I'm showing everybody. I took my camera off my laptop and I'm holding it over the roadcaster as you're explaining that. And, you know, there's a couple of other uh, units like the Go XLR was the big thing until um, the Roadcaster came out, but that wasn't really dedicated for this purpose. It was useful for this purpose that we're talking about, but the Roadcaster is the first and almost, you know, I can't say only because there's probably something out there, but, but you know, there was another one called the ATEM, A-T-E-M, um, but people are selling that off because it's more trouble than the Roadcaster. I mean, it's just really top of its class right now. And, and, and they, as... they even went as far as um, a problem that a lot of people like me had was creating feedba uh, feedback loops when right. you're go, you know, like integrating a phone or audio. You can even take audio off the computer into the Roadcaster and have it come back into the mix that goes yep. out with your live stream. So they really seem to have thought of everything. And, those, and those colorful buttons that I showed you uh, in the shot a minute ago, um, those are the things that you trigger different sound effects. You could load songs in there. Um, eight of them come pre-programmed, but you can remove what's already in there. Uh, and then there are uh, two more banks of eight that you can add stuff to. So you've it's got three. Crazy three banks of, you know, 24 things that you can trigger, like I'm gonna trigger that glissando that I just played that you probably couldn't hear, Stephen, but... Uh, right, I couldn't, I, but there's sound yeah. effects. There's all sorts of things, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's a great um, piece Michael, of gear. What, what was that other question, the, the next one that came up? Um, Let's see. Well, uh, Pierre Venio asked, best gear to mix live instruments with recorded tracks, and, and that would be the Roadcaster again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Edmund Red asked about lighting. Let's do a few minutes on lighting, because Great. Um, I've had to learn a lot about lighting, and I'm still not sure I get it really as right as I would like. But, yeah, right. tell them, what, what do you know about uh, well, lighting? Well, the simplest thing that people 
tend to do is get one of these inexpensive ring lights that are, you know, maybe a hundred bucks for the whole uh, setup. Um, and it's literally, you know, like a small inner tube that's a light. <laughs> and I'm, I'm showing mine. There you go. There. Okay, I'm... good. <laughs> you don't have to do much except turn the damn thing on. It does have some controls. Many of them have some controls where you can uh, control the intensity. Some of them you can control the hue, the color a little bit. Some of them you can control with an app. But that's really sufficient. Um, you know, daylight is still a wonderful uh, solution that even the best people will talk about is a great thing to use but it's not as uh able to be controlled and as uh you know asynchronous and when you can do it but the those round lights are great now there's all sorts of other versions i think one of the uh uh links i put in was about one of the newer n-e-w-e-r that's the brand name right uh, led lights um and there's a uh, newer is a very well-known brand uh, but there's uh, also um, uh, AC at Aperture. There's another company called Aperture, and they have smaller even that are like like uh, um, uh, what are the cards? The index cards type size. Right, um, and, and, and they're basically a panel, a grid of a bunch of LEDs that come out exactly. on the camera or on a you know a mic stand or something. Exactly, and there's all sorts of sizes of those. So really, the simplest thing is to take one of those solutions. Now, if you want to go just on um, your uh, phone itself and. For instance, you're streaming or blog or vlogging or moving, but that's not much of what we're doing. There's even little hot shoe uh, LED panel lights or rings, ring lights that are phone size that you just plug into your phone, and um, that's one unit that's that uh, has enough uh, lighting to uh, to get a good video. Um, you want to pay attention to uh, things that are just basic lighting things, like look for hot spots on your face. You, you do want to have hot spot meaning where it's just very glaring and very bright. You want to avoid that. You, you, uh, you, you are trying to find some good contouring and contrast. Uh, for instance, half your face may be a little bit more lit than the other half, which might like, be a little bit more in shadow. Yeah, right now, uh, I learned from one of the photographers that shoots the road rally, uh, he said, uh, always put the light not directly in front of your face, right. angle it. So my light is at a 45 degree angle, and right. you guys in the audience will know, note that half of my face is a little darker, so it shows some, some depth. It doesn't make you look like a, a washed out pancake. Right, and that's referred to as your key light. And then you might, if you want more, because they really are inexpensive and it depends on how elaborate you want to go, you can then have a fill light after that, which is a gentler light. It might be a soft box. It might be another flat panel that's very uh, tuned down and a little warmer color. 
that mm -hmm. makes sure that on that contoured shadow side, uh, you don't have anything that really makes you look grotesque. <laughs> and then if you want to uh, get even a little bit more uh, creative, you can have something that people refer to as a hair light, which is again, another flat panel or softbox. You can pretty much use these things interchangeably. It, it's qualities of light. And uh, unless you're doing a super high-end shoot, use what you got. Um, and the yeah. hair light is exactly that. It's up higher and slightly behind you so that it puts a little aura over your hair and kind of accentuates it and bright. And here's a very uh, low budget uh, trick, which is go to Home Depot. I was hey, just going to say, yeah. Go ahead, Michael, take it away. Uh, get the work light. The, That's it. The, you know, $5 aluminum, I mean, you know, it, it looks like right. a kit. A kitchen utensil. It's eight or ten inches wide, and the best part about those is they all come with a clamp on them. So That's you right. can put it on the back of a chair. You can put it on a table. You could hang it from your ceiling if you've got. Like I'm sitting at our kitchen table, and we've got a chandelier above it. I could hang that light on there, and, and I've used that very thing at the road or not the road rally at the taxi office. I've used a work light for years, and the cool thing is now. Uh, with LED lighting, uh, it's much easier to control the hue, the color of the light. Right. So that right. that's something you should spend some time online learning about the hue. Like uh, my ring light that I just showed you guys a minute ago, I can go from a very like orangey, peachy hue up to a bright white hue. Oh, and so you do have that on yours. That's, yeah, that's I've, the, I've got the, yeah. the intensity and the, the hue adjustable and uh and it's got a remote which doesn't work very well on mine so i never use it right but i right. think it, it was like 110 dollars for this light and it comes right. with the, the stand and everything it was you know cheap thrill and it works really well and also another thing to remember is that light has such different qualities to it and as you get more into light and you start realizing that there's a certain kind of energy to certain kinds of lighting so Getting that cheapo work light from Home Depot might not just be a, um, a budget thing for you. It might be you want some of that particular vibe or energy in your, that's part of your signature style, is your lighting. Yep. Um, and uh, now uh, what, I, what I have is I have uh, something that's a little... A little higher end, I kind of got a, a lucky deal on that, but uh, I have a couple of the Elgato flat panel um, lights, key lights that are mm -hmm. just, they're nice. <laughs> they're not super expensive, but they're about one and a half times, you know, what most other flat panels like that, but they have uh, their, their range of... Uh, degree of how bright or how dim is much wider and the color range is much more um, uh, diverse and and you know everybody should definitely explore working with green screen uh, chroma key at some point because I guarantee you there'll be a cool way to use it and again it's not expensive 
but uh, one of the advantages of this light is not only can it be used for key lights and and things of that nature, but it also it can be bright enough to be used for a uh, green screen light, which uh, where you have to light the chroma key, the green screen, as um, evenly as possible, so it, it doesn't show any strange patterns or whatever when when you uh, project something onto it. Yeah, um, when. Uh... Like I know when we do staff meetings using Zoom and there are certain members of the staff that will put themselves in a beach setting or, or um, you know, a nicer looking background than they would normally have. Right. Uh, right. But because they're not lit well, um, the green screen gets weird and edgy around them. Yes. Uh, when they move, it looks weird. So, yeah. And also because that's digital, that's virtual right. green screen. You know, so you're right. That does have a funky look. Um, but if you look, I was I put one of the links in there as a whole green screen screen kit with 10 by 12, I think, and the uh, yeah. green screen, uh, the, the fabric and the frame and a couple of lights for one hundred nine dollars. I mean, you know, yep. Bria just anyway, the so link I want in. to answer the zoom camera. So um, is the person who asked the question asking about uh, the camera made by the company Zoom different than the um, than the Zoom uh, web platform because there's Zoom. If everybody remembers the recorders of you know the H4N, and now they have an eight thing that looks like a uh, a tank, but it's it's really a full service field recorder and can even be a an audio interface it's fairly recently out and it's beautiful but you know I, I don't know if you want to carry that around but zoom did come out with a number of cameras in addition so what are we talking about here in terms of zoom um it's a zoom h8 that he purchased for live performance then covid came around so zoom oh, yes, absolutely. h8 that's good stuff Okay, that's great. Good stuff. Yeah, Zoom. Uh, Zoom does well. I mean, they just have kept their quality high, and as they've expanded, um, they just keep improving. So uh, you kind of can't go wrong if it serves your needs. Um, and I know people who, even with the old H4Ns, well, Ronan, Michael, he, right? Ronan, he, Chris he, Murphy, yeah, yeah. He 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 recorded. Uh, full albums in Italy and churches with, you know, the H4N, you know? <laughs> and as you said that, Andre Stepanian, one of our regulars said, my Zoom H1N, which sounds like a type of flu, by the way, lasted, yes, <laughs> lasted one year only, just stopped working one day, hardly used it. So it's a great device, but it may break earlier than it should. <laughs> it could, it could. You know, so, um, so anyway, uh, Matt, are you okay if I take a second and talk really briefly about um, this little class I'm going to do? Because I've kind of gotten a little bit more uh, clarity about what it is, and I want to make sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As a matter of fact, we've got 11 minutes left. So if you want to take five minutes and talk about that, I'd like to know more, and I'm sure the, the viewers would as well. Yeah, great. So, so really, you know, I, I think... I was thinking at first of doing a, a several week, like eight week course, 
where I walked people through the whole creation of their live stream uh, on everything from procuring their gear to working their gear to developing the concept for it, developing their banter, working on their sets, you know, really everything that I've been talking about for the last two weeks. So that by the end of that time period, you've got something up and running. Um, because why, why, why do it any other way? Right. Now, um, I think what I may do, though, is do a, a one-time, like, weekend uh, where it's maybe three hours one day and three hours the next day um, and a little uh, lower cost to see how people enjoy it, what they're looking for, and then for those who may want to go on, open up the class after that. Um, but, uh, you, you know, if uh, a lot of people expressed interest last week, only one person reached out, and that's okay, because everybody gets busy. Um, but I'm very serious about doing this, and I, I really, if you want to live stream, and you're not live streaming, now's the time. If you want to live stream, and you are live streaming, but you're dissatisfied with how it's going, um, I mean, even questions that we can solve, like uh, the young woman who had issue with the piano and controlling, y you know, we problem solve like that. We find a foot pedal. We do, we do what needs to be done to create your signature style, how you communicate and engage with your audience, how you promote even to get people to your live streams. You know, in a weekend, we'd be doing some pretty fast going through that. Right. Um, in an eight-week thing, we do it more modularly. Uh, but I would need a certain amount of people in that to um, to yeah, make, uh, make want it worth that. Your, yeah, you want to make now, it worth now, your while. You don't want yeah. to do it to an audience of two, that's for sure. Now, I'm going to suggest something to everybody right now, which is... Open up an email and just if you want to be on my email list, even for notifications, because somebody told me the uh, capture on my um, uh, website is down. I've got to get that fixed. And later is not a good thing. So open an email right <laughs> now. <laughs> right, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. Right now. Send me an email and say, please put me on your list. And then also, if you have interest in hearing more about the class. And really, don't wait. Now's the time, you know, and you want to take some action and you'd feel good. I mean, imagine how you'd feel if you really had a live stream up that you could be proud of and, and, and really felt that it represented you, who you were, what you stood for, I mean, that would be a great thing. So please, please. Which email, email do you want them to? Uh, Stephen at StephenMemmel.com? Correct. Yeah. So. Okay. Stephen with a V at Stephen Memel, and that is M-E-M-E-L. Stephen at StephenMemmel.com. And 
Michael, you know I deliver when I tell people I'm going to uh, uh, help them do something. Oh, it goes, absolutely. It goes all the way. Yeah, yeah he, he, he delivers better than Domino's. <laughs> Did you make that up? On the fly, dude. <laughs> Come on. Are you seriously? I'm totally serious. Dude, that is good. Well, I, I, look, I, I've, I've got a talk show going live all over the world. It, it's a requirement to be naturally funny. <laughs> yeah, we need some thumbs up on the chat for that. You know, I wish I could be watching the chat, but I'm uh, on my cell phone sitting here, and I guess I could be, but my computer's all fatakta. I got my new iPad 12.9-inch iPad Pro coming in two days. Yay! Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I and just had. I just used my. I just used my roadcaster to fly in a little applause and laughter after my on-the-fly joke. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. I I think it's going into uh, in, into meme territory. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> so anyway, oh, any man. other questions? Or uh, yeah, we've or? only we've only got four minutes. Um, Dog and Pony earlier asked about mixing, but once again, I mean. I'm an audio engineer by trade. I'm an audio, you know, I went from doing records for like 12 years to then doing audio post at a very, very high level. Um, and the Rodecaster is what I chose. It ain't cheap. I bought an open box job that was $508. I think it's normally $599. But the reviews on this thing are off the chart. Uh, you know, it gets like a 4.85 average review. Um, or number of stars. So I'm giving it my personal endorsement. I'm just getting to know it. And every day I'm finding out, I, I understand everything it does. I didn't understand how well it did it and how easily it did it. It's got four, yeah. four mic inputs with 48 volt phantom on it. It's got a USB input that you could bring anything. You could bring an iPad into it, who knows, whatever. You could bring another mixer into it via USB. It's got the phone uh, jack, so you can bring stuff in on an eighth inch mini. Uh, it's got a Bluetooth fader, so I could Bluetooth my phone. I, I'd rather go down a hard wire. Um, and I also have an issue with my car being 20 feet away in the garage. Um, I bought a plug-in electric, you know, it's a hybrid. So sometimes the car turns itself on like when it's done charging for a minute and the Bluetooth goes on in the car. So if I'm doing Bluetooth on the show, all of a sudden you guys can't hear me because it's going into the car. So that's why I'm doing the hardware. <laughs> it's also got four discrete headphone outputs. So if you were doing a legit audio only podcast where you had four people in a studio, everybody on their own boom mic and wearing headphones, you can give them a feed that works for them. Yeah, so it's and, great. And I'm sure I love this it. Is kind of obvious, but but also um, everybody. Uh, I, I want to remind everybody to make sure that if you have your audio um, uh, coming back in, you're monitoring it. Don't do it. Make sure you have headphones on because right. you don't want that bleeding into your you know feed. Okay. Yeah, one problem I've got. Uh, is I bought some, I did a ton of research and found that the Sony wireless headphones are supposed to be the best. And, and they're a little pricey, but not horribly so. What um, are those, Michael? What's the number on those? Uh, let me see. I'm going to grab them. Yeah, I'll be right back, you guys. I got to walk around okay. the table to get them. 
Um, also about the mixing, too. I really would look at things like uh, the Switcher Studio, and there's a number of other Here I am. I'm back. Solutions. Okay. Um, um, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. They are... Uh, it doesn't have the model number on here, but they're the only Sony wireless headphones. Okay. Uh, they come in a little charging case. You pull them out, they automatically turn on. Um, right. And uh, people just rave about them. So I have not been able to successfully integrate these into my whole thing that I'm doing right now. But ultimately, for the road rally, that's what I need. I don't want, and, and it does have a microphone built into one, but I don't want to have this wire hanging down during the road rally. So I want these wireless headphones with the microphone built in so I can do this sort of interview. I got something and, for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you later. Well, um, you've only got two minutes, so tell me now. Well, I, okay. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to finish. I was talking about the mixing. So uh, the person was asking about the mixing. Don't uh, uh, make sure you, you consider how somebody can mix for you remotely. Because so much of that is being done. I had a film shot of me where everything was mailed out. People who were on last week heard me talk about that. A whole camera set up. Uh, I set up three cameras here being guided over the telephone and then they controlled remotely from Canada. Um, wow. Yeah, so. Did they have to turn off the hockey game? Unfortunately, <laughs> they did. Or so they told me. Um, um, anyway, uh, Michael, I, 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 there's so many adapters in, in reference to what you were talking about that uh, can take uh, IVR or, um, uh, or uh, Bluetooth or whatever. There are adapters that can plug into certain audio uh, uh, outlets like, like, like a... Uh, eighth inch mini or a phono or whatever right. that will receive the signal from something wireless um, and then can integrate it through that adapter into uh, your roadcaster. I don't know exactly one specifically. Uh, I know it's done a tremendous amount with Bluetooth. So, mm -hmm. you know, if nothing else, you can use your Bluetooth um on on that for the wireless right. yeah um i mean every scenario i've been able to think of that might happen during the virtual road rally uh it looks to me like the roadcaster can solve the problem and actually one of the tech companies that i talked to about being my technical director during the road rally um was telling me oh yeah you know I, i've got a whatever kind of mixer and i said oh I, I just recently got a roadcaster you'd be welcome to use it and he went well you know you could tell he was thinking maybe it wasn't all that pro because this guy's kind of an equipment geek as you might imagine so i sent him a link to it and some reviews and he checked it out and he wrote back he said so if i get the gig can i use your roadcaster <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great and and it's great. It's got great sounding preamps in it, by the way. <laughs> oh, everything! It's really top notch. Yeah. And uh, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you everybody for for uh, joining us. And if you have any questions, feedback, um, uh, anything, I'm interested in what what you'd like to hear more of. If you, if you ever do it again, all that kind of stuff. 
If you enjoyed today's show, give us a like. And also, if you have questions for Stephen, he did go in and answer a couple uh, in the comments under the last show. So, Stephen, are you okay with that if people put in a few questions? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I hope there's many questions. You know, I will answer whatever anybody puts in. So I'm happy to be there. That's what this is about, helping you to get your stuff done. That's it. Awesome. Well, and Michael, um, thank you again for having me. Really, I, I oh man, thank you. you. Um, well, I appreciate you appreciating me, but the level of professionalism that you bring to the craft of presenting anything <laughs> is just is so good that I'm amazed, frankly, that you know so much about so many different aspects of presenting yourself as an artist, as an actor, as a talking head, as anything. Um, you're not, you're not a one trick pony is what I'm trying to say. And I really appreciate that about you. So I want to say, uh, thank you. Um, once again, his website is stevenmemmel.com. Um, please, if you have any follow-up questions, put them in the comments under the archive video, which will be up in a few minutes. I want to let you guys know that I am probably not going to do a taxi TV next Monday. Um, so I will see you though tomorrow and for the rest of the week on Taxi Quarantini Happy Hour on this channel, four o'clock Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and probably not do a show, a taxi TV next Monday. We'll let you know via email for sure. And with that, thank you, Stephen Memel. Um, thank Pleasure. you, audience. And we will see you guys tomorrow on the Quarantini Happy Hour. Until then, have a good night. Over and out. Bye, you guys. <laughs> uh, give me a fader and I'm happy. <laughs>